Hey, everybody good today? Good, 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 good. So glad you're here. Thank you for coming. And if you're brand new online or you are brand new in the house, thank you for coming today. So thank you for here. Hey, you braved the cold and this January weather. And most of all, the building didn't fall in. So you're good. So uh, today, I want to let you know, before I jump into the wrap-up, the Reset series, next week I'm starting a series called Adam and Eve. We're going to be talking about them from the, from the view of relationships. So if you are married and you want to stay married, if you're not married and want to get married, and all those kind of things, we're going to deal with these things about how do I do relationships right from God's way. Okay, that's what we're going to talk about. So you don't want to miss that. You want to invite somebody to be a part of this, okay? So with that being said, we've been doing reset. Reset is not where that you start the year over and do the same things you did over and over again, because that would be insanity, but it's really starting the year over doing it God's way. So I kicked it off the first Sunday of the year talking about priorities and how that we get those in line. The next week we talked about decisions. What is a decision process with God? And then we talked about last week, Pastor Tim done a great job talking about the habits, the holy habits that we need to have. Today, I want to wrap it up talking about godly success. Now, when you look at the Miriam Dictionary and you look at what it talks about, about what success is, it basically lets us know that success is a favorable outcome or a favorable desired thing that you want to do. In other words, it's something to where that you want to get this attainment of wealth or status, or favor, or eminence. I remember growing up, and I know many of you will identify with this, I always wanted to try to get with the right group of kids, if you understand what I'm saying. You always wanted to be with the cool kids. Can y'all identify with what I was talking about? You're trying to find the ones you would fit in with and all that, and so you could feel cool about yourself and be in the right group, because you felt successful in that. And then, you know, I started playing baseball, and I kind of felt successful at baseball. I came out of Little League batting 412, and I was pretty successful at playing baseball. Got into a slump in Babe Ruth. Well, then I switched over to football in junior high. If you have no idea what junior high is, you need to look it up. They changed the name to middle school. I don't understand why, but that's what they did, okay? So in middle school, I started playing football. And, and man, when I did that, I started playing defensive end. And I thought, man, I need to carry the ball because I see how they cheer for these guys that score touchdowns. And I'm thinking, I would like for them to cheer for me like that. So I started begging the coach to let me carry the ball. And then I thought, my name is Terrell David Somerville. That says, and those initials is T.D. Somerville. What does T.D. say? What does that represent? A touchdown. Can I get a witness in the house anyway? So I, I tried to get everybody to call me T.D. Somerville. It never caught on. Never. But then as I kept going up, I kept thinking about success and I kept thinking, wow, you know what? I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to the Air Force. Had Air Force in and put on the side of my class ring. The day I went to sign up when I graduated, I came home that day and a friend of mine was cutting a tree in the backyard and I helped him and he asked, an accident happened and cut my knee right across my right knee and put me in a cast down my leg and it changed the trajectory of my life. But it was for godly good. So let me ask you this question because I think all of you are like me. How many of you in life, you want to be successful? Raise your hand. I think that's every one of us. But really, how do you divine, define success? Check this out. I define success as, oh my gosh, you have challenged me right there. <laughs>
I define, uh, ooh, okay. Huh. I guess, uh. I don't know. Success means motivation, passion, determination. Going to Disneyland. Just kicking down fear and doing what I have to do to survive. I define success by the amount of likes I receive on Instagram. I guess how I would define it would be the smiles that I see on my wife and kids' face each and every day I come home. That lets me know uh, what I'm doing is worthwhile and to keep going. I would describe it in one word, sincerity. Achieve the goals that you set for yourself. I started my Instagram account back in 2012. At that time, I had just lost my job. And it was one of those rare moments when I felt like I had time to really think about what I wanted to do with my life. I fell in love with Instagram. Now I do that as my job. I want to go back to law school to help change laws and also to improve society and the world understanding of people in general, especially those who are deaf and hard of hearing. I have thought about going back to school, even online, because I don't think I could sit in a classroom without youngsters. They probably call me grandma. <laughs> Actually had a child at 22. I never really had time to go back to school, but he turned five and I went back and I got my high school diploma at 27. One of the goals I set for myself many years ago was to have a happy family. And I think I've been successful in that. My first love is, you know, besides my wife, is music. I feel like I just have a lot to say to the world. I want to be the number one Instagrammer in the world. Waking up with the complete biggest smile on your face, knowing that you're going to make it. I would tell people to um, follow their gut. It's never too late to do anything. Don't sweat the small stuff. To embrace others for who they are. And I think we all deep down know what we want to do in this world. And don't be afraid to be you. So I want to ask you, what is your definition of success? Is it your likes on Instagram? I mean, really, and some of the things that they were talking about are not bad things. They even may be good things. But are they godly things? That's what you have to think about because everybody wants to climb the ladder of success. That's what we've been taught in this great United States of America. And the thing about it is, when we begin to step on the rungs for opportunity and you have a desire that, man, I want to be successful, I want to have wealth, I want to have fame, I want to be able to have status, and then you just keep climbing and when you get to the top. And you're successful in culture, but yet empty in your soul in Christ. And the thing about it is, as you're climbing and you do it in a selfish manner, as you're climbing up, people get close to you, you want to kick them down, or you want to drag them down so you can get in front of them. That's kind of what we do in this mindset in our culture when it comes to climbing the ladder of success, because the ladder of success that we're climbing, if we're not careful, it's just about us. And you realize sometimes, maybe you climb the wrong ladder, because when you got there, you didn't have any purpose, and most of all, you didn't have any peace. So maybe you never looked where the ladder was leading you. 
You never sought God about where the ladder was leading you. And maybe you have this sense of where you're at, but you're not where God wants you to be. So you're thinking, could there be today a new opportunity that I need to look at climbing? Is there a new opportunity that I need to take a step of faith in? Is there a new opportunity because there's a new direction that God wants me to go in? Here's what I'm going to tell you. Godly success depends on your yes. That's what it depends upon. You say, what do you mean? I'm talking about consulting God, walking in his ways to have godly success. Because our worldly success is nothing more than empty. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. It says, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God, live in a way that pleases him, and love him and serve him with all your heart and soul. So, if you read this, our godly success depends on our yes to do what God expects of us. What God strategically created you for. What he strategically knit you together in your mother's womb. Moses was giving a summary here of the essentials. Number one, fear God. Doesn't mean that, fear God doesn't mean that I'm going to be scared of God, but I'm going to give God reverence because he's the maker and he's the one that spoke my life into existence. And then I'm going to live in a way that pleases God. I'm going to love him with everything in me. I'm going to serve him with all my heart and all of my soul. Living like this for God will be able to help you to be godly, which is reflecting the heart, the wisdom, and the will and nature of God. Look at Psalm 37. Look what the psalmist says. He says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. Who does, who does he direct the steps of? The what? What's that person? What are they? They're godly. It says, he delights in every detail of their lives. Who is he delighting in the detail of their lives? What kind of person? The godly. So he goes on to say, though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. See, a godly person who God delights in, they're seeking God and making a priority. They are being a person that are making divine decisions. They are making the holy habits in their life. And they're following God step by step, trusting his lead to do his will, not our desires. I love what Benjamin Franklin once said. He said, one today is worth two tomorrows. What I am to be I am now becoming. God will watch over you when you're living for him in the godly manner of what he created you for as Jesus, as your Savior, and he will help secure each and every step that you make. It's your decision to ask God to direct your way to be able to take his advice that after you seek him on every step you take in this life. And what happens is a lot of times you take off on the ladder of success, but then you realize you've been climbing the wrong ladder. And you're thinking, man, this, this, this isn't working because you never consulted God. And so maybe you're really wanting to seek God now. Maybe you're thinking, man, I need to go a direction in a new way to serve. I, I might need to think about a career change. I might need to be able to think about, there's this burden that's so heavy on me, I can't shake it. And I've got to seek God to be able to do this. Because God will always lead us where we need to be, not where you and I want to be. That's what God does. So today we want to talk about Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had... Man, you guys sound good. 
See, Abram and Sarai is what their first names was before God changed them to Abraham and Sarah. And I don't have time to get into all the details of that, but they were living in Haran from Ur of Chaldees. And God chose, listen to this, God chose to reveal himself to Abram. The only religion they had been exposed to was a false moon god called Nanar. And see, God today is just like here. He, he's revealing himself to Abraham. He wants to reveal himself to every single one of you. Because I can tell you right now, you're exposed to a whole lot of false gods. So you've got to be open to allow God to reveal himself to you. Look what it says here, beginning in Genesis 12. It says, the Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go. Say go. To the land where I will show you. Wow. Okay. Leave what you know and go. Think about that. Leave what you know, Abram, and go. What about you? To go somewhere else is to leave what you know. You say, what do you mean? What you're used to. The predictability of your life. The familiarity of your life. The comforts of your life. Think about this. To step towards your destiny, you may have to step away from your security. Think about that. When you look at these, this couple's life here, we'll read on. It says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to yourself. Is that what that says? Not only says, you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. Problem. You say, what do you mean? Everybody say, problem. problem. He says, a great nation. And he's thinking, okay, God, okay, I have exactly zero kids. We're childless. We've been practicing for all these years. And we've been practicing this fun, God, but we still have no children. But you're telling me you're going to make a great nation out of me. And I'm 75 years old. Too little, too late. How many of you here are past 70 years old? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Real, real high, real high, real high. What if God comes and said, you're going to have a kid again? Come up here, let's prophesy over you and go home and practice today. <laughs> How many of you here have broke a promise before? I'll be the first to raise my hand. How many of you have ever had a promise broken to you before? Raise your hand. Here's what I want to assure you on. God will never, ever, ever break a promise to us because he's God. And I want you to think about this for a moment. Whenever God, and you begin to step on the rung of faith to go to godly success, when you take that step of faith, you can believe it and you can receive it. And that's what I want you to understand. It says, goes on to say here in verse 4, it says, So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. So God said, go, and Abraham did. Wow. What if he had balked? So wait a minute, man. I'm in a good shape right here. Life's good. The herds are doing good. The flocks, all that. Fine financial shape. Family's healthy. We don't know what enemies is in front of us. What if he had started to rationalize where God was wanting to lead him? What is the last syllable of the word rationalize? 
If you're not careful, the enemy slips in and he'll begin to lie to you to get you to rationalize so he can keep you from where God wants to take you. Does that make sense? Say yes. So, what's God calling you to do? See, what God calls you to is it the old adage says God will bring you through. So, Abraham and Sarah here were obeying. And you know what? When out of their obedience, you realize what really happened? God gave us the Jewish nation. Thank God for Israel. I hope and pray you're praying for Israel. Please be praying for Israel. Through Israel, we got the word of Almighty God. The word of God. The heart of God. In this precious book. And most of all, through the Jewish nation, we got a Savior named Jesus who came down the stairway of heaven and he put on skin. He, he, was, he went through every temptation that you and I went through, yet he never sinned. And he became sin for you and me so that we can not only have a great life now, but a great life for eternity. His name is Jesus and he deserves praise in the house today. So I asked you the question, where is God calling you? Because a lot of people think, well, calling me to do this ministry thing, that's just for guys like you or the staff. Let me tell you something. Everybody's in full-time ministry. We may draw our paychecks in different places, but everybody's in full-time ministry. I want you to understand that it's not laity and leaders. We're all leaders. What is God calling you and are you living in indecision? Because of comforts and, secure, and, and securities and, and familiarity, people live in indecision. And that's a sad place to live at. How many of you here like 80s rock and roll? Raise your hand. How, what, what, is your, what is your favorite 80s rock band? Yell it out. Hey, Welcome, Seagull. <laughs> Y'all all missed it. It's Boston. Come on now. Now, Journey, I love Journey, and there's a lot of LaGrace, but I really love, but listen, Boston wrote a song called Peace of Mind. Peace of Mind. I'm going to read you the lyrics. Listen, listen close to this song. Now, if you've been kind of feeling kind of low about the dues you've been paying, future's coming much too slow, and you want to run, but somehow you just keep on staying, can't decide on which way to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand about indecision, but I don't care if I get behind people living in competition. All I want is to have peace of mind. Yeah, yeah. Now you're climbing to the top of the company ladder. Hope it doesn't take too long. Can't you see there'll come a day when it won't matter? There'll come a day when you'll be gone. It's almost theological, isn't it? So I want to talk to you about God's call to go. See, the word see it is just not in this thing called Christianity. If you see it, you soak, you sour. 
So when God is calling you to go, you know, you got to think from the perspective, you've got to have faith over fear. Faith over fear. So many times people get crippled by fear and there's going to come a time in your life and I'm praying this today and I was praying for you before I ever got here today that you're going to realize that there is a call on your life and you, I'm praying for God to reveal to you today what it's already created you for, for what you need to do and what you're supposed to do in life. But if you allow fear to overcome your faith, you will not become the blessing he created you for and you will miss out. Or to be a blessing for others. So it's time to ask yourself, what does God want me to want? Let that resonate with your spirit for a moment. And ask God, what does God want me to want? That's what we've got to ask ourselves. And think about this. No matter what you do, if you're climbing the wrong ladder and you just keep going and you 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 get to the top of the ladder and you look over your life, you look at the 30,000 foot view, you look at the big picture, you're standing on the balcony. Is it the God story that you really want to tell? Think about that. There's two judgments. The judgments of the book of life and the judgments of your works. I hope and pray that every one of you have your name in the book of life. If you don't, we'll give you the opportunity today to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. But when you get there, you know, Jesus, yeah, I know him. I'm good. I'm in the book. You're good. Okay. What'd you do with the calling I asked you to do? I did what I wanted to do, God. I don't think that's the answer he's looking for. And I know it's not the life he wants us to live. Every single one of you have a calling on your life. And the question is, do you want what God wants? Do you want what God wants in order to be a blessing? Think about that, long and hard, on the ladders you're on in life. Think about it. What's your next step of faith? Because here's what I'll tell you. Living in fear is not in the Christian job description. It's just not there. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is the Faith Hall of Fame chapter. Please read it in its entirety this week. But it says in verse 6, and it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. If you want to please God, you've got to step in faith into your future with God. Think about that. You, you don't want to miss your call in order to stay in your comfort. What is God calling you to do? Has God been toying with your heart to preach the gospel? To stand up and preach the word of God? Has God been calling you to be able to start a ministry that's been on your heart? Has God been calling you to serve in a particular ministry? Has God been touching you to be able to lead a small group? Maybe God's been touching you and he's given you a wonderful home and he's been saying, you need to host a group. We, have, we want to be hospitable people. Listen, if you're not doing something, something's not getting done in the kingdom of God. I hope you understand that. 
And and just imagine, I want you to think with me for a moment. If you step into your calling of what God wants you to do and you look down the road a few months from now, you're going to say, wow, I can't believe I waited so long. This is absolutely amazing. Maybe you got to step into a new job. You just haven't filled out the resume. Maybe it's a situation where that you need to start that business because you've been working for the other one for so long. Maybe it's a situation where that you need to help children that are in difficult situations. Maybe it's a situation where God's calling you to adopt. Maybe it's God's calling you to be a foster parent, whatever that it is. Understand, you don't have to have the faith to be able to finish. You just have to have the faith to start. That's where God wants to lead us. You're going to decide <laughs> that you want it more than you are afraid of it. So you got to have faith over fear, but also you got to trust and obey because there's no other. You say, wow, what do you mean, pastor? See, your decision to say yes isn't about your success, but it's about your obedience to the call that God is leading you to. The success is up to God. The obedience is up to you. I hope you get that. Don't talk yourself out of what God's trying to talk you into. You'll miss the very reason that God created you in the first place. I hope you understand that. Don't procrastinate. Don't rationalize. Don't allow your insecurities to be able to grip your life and and make excuses by not being obedient to God, what he's calling you to do. Look at verse 8 in Hebrews 11. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Think about that. He went without even knowing where he was going. Abraham's life was filled with faith to obey without question. Is yours? It's yours. I want to tell you something, taking steps of of obedience, you are going to have bouts with doubts. You're going to have people that's going to question your motives. There's going to be people that's going to think you've lost your ever-loving mind. That's what happened when God called Shannon and I to start this church. People thought we were crazy. It took a lot of faith. It took a, a lot of obedience. And I was challenged in every way. And when your ladder of success differs from what somebody thinks it, it should be, you're going to get questions. You're going to get talked about. You're going to get laughed at. You're going to get ridiculed. But listen, you tell them to talk to the hand because the face don't understand. Because every time you put your eyes on their thoughts, you're taking your eyes on the leadership of Jesus in your life. That is the truth. Never allow anyone's opinion of you distract you from what God has for a calling for your life. It's that important. You may feel inadequate. Sure you will. You may feel like you're unsure. That's going to happen. You may feel ill-equipped. But listen to me. God never calls those that are equipped. He will always equip you when you step into the call. That's what God does. He's, maybe he's calling you to preach the gospel. 
Maybe he's calling you to teach. Maybe he's calling you to serve. Maybe he's calling you to start a church. Maybe he's calling you to start a business. Maybe he's calling you to start a ministry. Maybe he's calling you to get involved in the young adults ministry here. Get involved with the kids ministry. Get involved with free student ministry. Get involved with the, with the outreach ministry, whatever it is. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. I want you to take, there is a serve card here in the back of the seat somewhere. And if you can't find a serve card, get a connection card. Here's what I want to challenge everyone to do. Whatever God's been tugging on your heart to do, instead of sitting, it's time to go. And what I want to challenge you to do, whatever that may be that God is calling you to do, I want you to put it on here because we're going to pray over every one of these cards. When you put on here what your calling is, we're going to take it a step further. If you want to meet with our pastoral team and set up a time to sit down and help us mentor you, coach you, guide you, help you, and most of all, pray with you. That's what we're here for. But you know what? Pastors only mention, to my knowledge, in the New Testament in one place, and that's in Ephesians 4, 12. 4, 11, and 12. And what it says, my job as a pastor is to equip you to do the works of the ministry. And when you begin to do that, can you imagine all the leaders in this room and how we can rock this city for Jesus Christ? Can you imagine what we could do, church, if we get up and go? All we got to do is just have faith over fear and we can trust and obey. You can drop them in. Be sure you do. Don't miss your opportunity. Don't be complacent. Don't be insecure. Don't be scared. Don't do anything like that. Listen, I understand a lot of times that, that whatever you're called to do, listen, I want to not only be on that, I want you to take your phone, put it in your notes. This is what I'm called to do, to remind yourself of what you already know you're supposed to be doing for God. And some of you are going to say, well, you don't, you don't understand, Pastor. I know where I'm supposed to step. But I'm afraid. I, I, I get that. I get that. You don't know what's going to happen. You're thinking it sounds so hard. I need more details. Listen, you don't need more details. You just need to trust and obey because there's no other way. So not only you have faith over fear and you trust and obey where God's calling you to go, but you've got to have sacrifice for significance. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? Godly success is always determined by sacrifice. Godly success always has significance. It always has an impact. Anything God calls you to do of any significance in your life won't happen without sacrifice. Just not going to happen. There's an old saying, Noah, he didn't wait for his ship to come in. He built one. So what about you today? Where are you at? What's God calling you to do? You know, I think about this church. Oh my goodness, it blows my mind that I get to see all of your beautiful faces. That all it was was a birthing call in my heart. And I look back over the years and I think about the sacrifice. Let me tell you something, folks. I've cleaned the toilets that you pee and poop in here. You say, that's weird. Mowed the lawn. We needed the church. In early days, we did so much. So much. Because I wanted to see you 
do so much for the kingdom. I remember when we got kicked out of the high school in Hendersonville. And God was arranging things. I don't have the time to tell you all the details, but I remember when we were over here in this first post-frame building over here in the summer of 06. We were a congregation less than 100. And I was out there, and I was, I was having to, to do the footers and put the rebars in on the chairs. Some of you men know what I'm talking about, and tie the rebar and all that. I had nobody helping me. My wife coming. She put on gloves to keep the hot rebar and the summer heat from burning her hands and would drag that rebar to me so I could tie it so we could pour the footers for the first church. And then when we started doing that, you know what happened? People, it got the attention of the church people and because of our sacrificial example, they jumped in, they rolled up their sleeves and we seen a domino effect of people getting involved and getting into their calling of what God is doing. Without sacrifice, there's no significance. And today, I see you. And I see what God's done. I see what God's done. Where is your sacrifice for the success you seek? Don't get, up, don't get caught up in pride and, 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 and do the things. I, I've quit many times. I've just never turned in my, my resignation. Okay? God will honor your sacrifice for what he calls you to do. And not only will he give you success his way, it'll have significance. There's three callings in my life that I know for sure. When he knocked on my heart as a 12-year-old boy, I went from the back of my home church up front and I gave my life to Jesus. Spent time in jail at 18, and God changed my life through a couple of prayers. God will do anything you want me to and send me a good woman and a whole other story on that. But then God knocked on my heart in the summer of 1997 and said, I want you to preach the gospel. And I preached my first message on the first Sunday of August in 1997 from Revelation 2015. Whosoever's name is not found in the book of life will be cast in the lake of fire. The name of the message was, Is Your Name in the Book? And a little boy, 12-year-old boy named Andy Whited, gave his life to Jesus that day, which is a Gideon confirmation signed to me that that's what I was supposed to do. But then as I kept pursuing God, God called me and Shanda by my side to start this church. Those are three for sure callings in my life. Godly success will depend on your yes in your life. Faith over fear got trust and obey and it's sacrifice for significance look look at first thessalonians chapter 1 verses 2 through 6 this is in the message every time we think of you we thank god for you day and night you're in our prayers as we call to mind your work of faith your labor of love and your patience of hope and following our master jesus christ before god our father it is clear to us, friends, that God not only loves you very much, but also has put his hand on you for something special. When the message we preached came to you, it wasn't just words. Something happened to you. The Holy Spirit put steel in your convictions. 
God has a destiny set for each of us. You may be able to explain some brokenness, some hurts, some pains and failure, but those things you explain doesn't define you. God has a destiny for every single one of you. You are special. You are God called and he has a special calling on your life and it is defined by you saying yes to who God has called you to be, then do it. No matter what rung that you go to on the ladder, when you're following him, he'll take you where he created you to be able to go. Don't ever be envious of who may be ahead of you on the ladder. And don't get prideful who may be behind you. Just be proud of what God is doing in your life. Keep your eyes on him. And I promise you, you'll have godly success. Godly success depends on your yes. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father, we praise you. We honor you. We thank you so much for what you're doing. You're such a good God. We thank you, God, for the example of Abraham that we have received your son Christ that gives us salvation. Today in this room, I believe that's the first step of someone here. They need to take that step of faith to be able to make you Lord of their life. Lord, I believe there's somebody in this room that's taking that step. They need to take the step of baptism that we're having in just a couple weeks. There's others here that need to start that ministry, change that job, foster those kids, adopt those kids, help with student ministry, be a part of young adult ministry, be a part of the outreach team, preach the gospel, start the church, make a difference. That's what you call us to do. So God, right now, Lord, I pray for each one right now that you would bless them, that they're going to write down that call, turn it in so we can pray for them and even meet with them to help them and give them your direction as you've been directing many of us for so long. How many of you know right now that you can lift your hand and say, you know what, I've been on the sidelines for a long time. I'm not waiting any longer. I want to ask God to help me fulfill my call. Just shoot your hand up right now and say, God, I know the tug on my heart. Thank you for every one of you. God bless you for your hands going up. I want to challenge every one of you. Fill that card out and say, this is what God is calling me to do. I'm not going to miss what I was created for. The most important call on your life is salvation in Christ. He came down the stairway of heaven. He put on skin. He was tempted in every way that you and I were tempted. But he never sinned. And he became sin for us. And if you feel him knocking on your heart, it's because he wants a relationship with you. He's going, he bridged the gap so you can have a relationship with his father. And today is the day of salvation, the word tells us. So right now, if he's knocking on your heart, you've never received him as Lord and Savior. Shoot your hand up right now and say, that's me. He's knocking on my heart. Shoot your hand up real high. Don't be ashamed of that. God bless you. I see your hands right here, both of you. God bless you. I see your hand back there. Anyone else, just shoot your hand up and say, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I feel him calling on my heart. Anyone else, don't be, don't be shy. Don't be fearful. Don't listen to the enemy. Just shoot your hand up and say, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. All right, we're going to pray. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, just pray to him and say, Lord, I open my heart to you. I believe it's you knocking, so I open my heart to you, Lord. I want to make you the Lord of my life. Just tell him that. I believe you gave your life for me. You died for me. You arose for me. So right now, I admit I'm a sinner. 
and I need you, Jesus, as a Savior. Tell him, forgive me of my sins. Save my soul. My life is yours. Now, if you've prayed that and you meant that, peace that passes all understanding just came into your soul and swept through your, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. And right now, thank him for that. He's going to give you the, the power of his Holy Spirit, the presence of God in your soul. Be sure you let us know, and baptism is your next step. We praise you, God, for what you've done today. Thank you, God, that we have the opportunity to be who you created us to be and to have your success, godly success. In Jesus' name, we all shout. Amen. Amen. Let's worship, church. Let's worship.